Hey, I'm Josh Hallmark, and I want to thank you for listening to one of the Oaks podcasts. Remember this message from Isaiah chapter 61. God takes the seeds of brokenness and turns them in to oaks of righteousness. And that's you. Anyway, uh, listen, I'm introducing a new series here. This is what we just did. And the series is called Clarity. Living above the haze. There's this term, I don't know if you ever heard the term, I'm sure you have, uh, the fog of war. And it's actually this thing that um, basically what I imagine for some reason in my mind when I think about the fog of war is I think of the Civil War because it was very, I mean, there was some advanced weaponry, but it was also very primitive in terms of, and there's just like this cloud of chaos in battle. And I think sometimes in life we feel that way. And the, the term fog of war really, it speaks to this uh, level of uncertainty that happens in the midst of battle. And, you know, uh, we are all fighting a battle, if you will. We have an adversary, the Bible says. And um, our adversary is not flesh and blood, by the way, but it's, it's the devil. It's principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and spiritual wickedness in high places is what the Bible says. And so if we have an adversary, there is, there is a war that we are in. You might not have known that, you know. It's funny, our weapons are not like uh, the weapons of warfare that people fight. Um, terrorists with. Our weapons are spiritual, the Bible says. The pulling down strongholds, etc. Casting down every thought and imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. So the kind of stuff that we were doing today is actually warfare. You know, where we're casting down thoughts. We're casting down things that exalt them, uh, uh, exalt themselves above the knowledge of Christ, above what's true. That's lies. You know, we're casting, that was, did you guys just know you're doing battle? Anyway, <clears throat> We're in a battle. It's life. And, um, and so sometimes we get in this place where things just seem foggy. And, um, and so this series is going to be kind of hitting things that will help us to live above the fog of war, if you will. Because that's not God's will for us to just be in the midst of chaos. Do you guys remember when, oh, no, I started preaching. Stop. Okay. I'm really, I'm really just wanting to just introduce this. And... Um, let me say this one thing, though. When God created the world, the Bible says the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. Well, all the ancients, they believed that, that, that when the world was created, that it came out of this uh, primordial water, that there's this, this water that things sort of came from. They don't think of something from nothing. like we, Their mindset was different than ours. Their mindset was that it came from this water, that not... And uh, the water was chaos. It was uncertainty. And um, the Bible says that the Spirit of God moved over the waters. And it says the waters were void and without form. And the, the Hebrew words there are tohu and bohu. And, um, and what they mean are dark and chaotic. Can you say confusion? They were dark and chaotic. But the Bible says that the Spirit of God moved over the waters, right? And what did he start doing? He started making light. He started. He created the, the light cycle, the moon. He started creating order is basically what he started doing. And out of the chaos, he created order and life. So that which was dark and chaotic became orderly and life-giving. Isn't that amazing? So basically, this is what I think with the writer of Genesis when he was writing this. It was not so much uh, 
he was not trying, I don't think he was trying to unpack like one of our biology books on the origin of species. They're that thick. It's a very short passage, but I think what it was doing, it was communicating an idea that the God, the one God is bigger than all the uncertainty and chaos and, and, and the stories that were told about how creation happened. Our God, of course, he made it all from nothing, but he, he is, I think the, 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 like the theological humph in Genesis chapter one is that God is big and he is masterful. And the beauty for this talk, at least, is that he brings order and life over that which is uncertain and chaotic. And so that's God. What I'm saying is God's will in your life is that that's the order of things. Is that God takes the uncertainty and the chaos of our lives and he brings clarity and order. Amen. So we're going to live above the haze. And here's the verse I was sharing earlier. It says Proverbs 4.18 says this. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun. It's shining ever brighter. Can you say brighter? Not darker, right? Brighter. Shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked or the path of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. And so um, uh, here's the deal. We, we're righteous and we want to walk the path of the righteous. So I'm believing for you that your way is going to become clearer and clearer. Um, Lash and I got up uh, yesterday to go hunting. And uh, so we were trying to get all the way on the other side of Weedowie from here um, before daylight. And we did. And um, Elisha said, it's so neat to see the sun come up. And Elisha says, um, uh, he's like, Dad, look at the stars. I saw shooting stars. And so we, we transitioned that whole time. But as it gets, you know, when you're sitting in a tree stand, you, it's dark. And then it gets, the sun comes up. And then before you know it, it's like full on, like by 10 a.m., all the, you know, all the, the sun is shining and it's, just, it's pretty and the birds are chirping. The squirrels have kind of already got out and gone back. And it's just, it's really neat. But the thing about it is the sun brings more and more light, right? And so that's what this verse is saying is that it's like the morning shining, but then it gets brighter to the full light of day. And so that's what God's will is for us is for us to walk. Now, um, confusion was the topic today. We're going to go through a couple different things in this talk. We're going to talk about having a mission and focus in our lives. Um, but, um, but confusion is, basic, is a basic strategy of the enemy to slow you down and to try to get you to hesitate. Basically, what the devil wants to do is he wants to keep you from walking in faith, and he wants you to walk in hesitancy. He wants you to be unsure of your every move. And um, uh, this talk was inspired by this little booklet that I have by Rick Joyner called Overcoming the Spirit of Confusion. And I've lent it out a couple times. It ended back up in my hands and I was reading it. And um, one thing that he says in this book is that the devil will try to bring confusion into your life, especially in areas where there are relationships that are important to your destiny. Here's what happens. Say a husband and wife, they start experiencing uh, Confusion. I don't know what's going on. I remember when I got married, you know, the first couple years uh, of our marriage, Ginger and I were trying to decide who was going to win. And, uh, and so, you know, so there's a battle, right? And we're, and uh, we're, you know, and so the Lord had, had was not 
uh, the Lord was trying to teach me to lay down my life and to die to myself. And I was saying, live flesh, live. And um, anyway, it creates confusion. And the way Jesus treats his church is he lays down his life for her. And so uh, anyway, um, it was a source of confusion. But what happens oftentimes, say somebody has a, an area of their life where there's no confusion or where they're more competent, say like their, um, their job or their work, well, what they do is they'll start removing themselves from that relationship where there's confusion and they just invest themselves more into the, uh, this area where they have control and where they feel more confident. But uh, we don't want to miss that. We don't, God's not, his will is not that we're walking in confusion. And like that area I'm talking about with marriage, just because there's confusion there doesn't mean it's not God's will. It was God's will when you said I do. Amen. And so anyway, um, but the, de- so confusion is a basic, it's a basic uh, device that the enemy, a weapon formed against you that will, the, the enemy will try to use to separate you from your destiny. But just say this with me, say confusion, you have no place in my life. Isn't that cool? Just to see it is, oh, this is not God's will. This is not what he wants for me. So what I had here, uh, there's it. God is not the author of confusion, right? And so what I was sharing with you earlier is, is this, is that there's basically sources of confusion in our life and solutions. And here, just to, to make this in a nutshell, because I'm really, I want to give you this, uh, just an abridged version of this, is this. The devil is complicated. Or at least he, he's puffed up. He likes to act like he's complicated. And he likes to complicate things. And I know, guys, don't get me wrong. Uh, problems in our life and in our world are very complex, okay? But just because the problems are very complex does not always mean that the solution has to be complex. I'm not saying that there is definitely a place for God to give us wisdom with complicated issues. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying, let me just bring it, let's don't globalize it. Let's bring it back to your life and my life. Sometimes it feels really complicated, the mess that we're in. But oftentimes it's very simple to get out of the mess that we're in. And, um, and so anyway, uh, looking at this verse again, let me just say one source of confusion in our life is compromise. And things seem to get so complicated. What about this? And what about this? And what about this? But, um, but the answer is it, there is simplicity in it. And let me just share a verse with you. Paul said, I'm afraid, that this, uh, but I am afraid that, that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness. Basically, the devil came in. God had gave clear directives, very clear. Don't eat this fruit. Every other thing you can eat. Wide open buffet, okay? Literally, you can have it all. Oh, except that one thing, right? And I'm very clear, don't do that. And the devil came in, and what was a very clear directive from God's word, don't do that because I'm looking out for you. The devil's like, is the Lord really looking out for you? His craftiness, he begins to convolute the picture. And what happens is, is well, Eve ultimately sins and Adam sins. And what the devil will do is things that are very clear that we should do. We should uh, obey Christ. We should... um, We should... uh, not have sex outside of marriage, and we should um, be faithful to, to who we're married to. Um, we shouldn't get drunk. Um, we shouldn't steal. We shouldn't lie. Don't use God's name as a cuss word. Uh, we should tithe. There's all kinds of things that are real, real clear, I would say, in the scriptures 
um, and then we tend to convolute them. And often, uh, and, and, and some things are, there's question about some things, and there's, there's space for questions, but here's the thing. Our questions that we ask God should be questions about how we can obey, not questions about how we can disobey. Because sometimes our questions, because there are things, you know, there's like lots of different denominations and stuff because they see things differently. But at the bottom of it, the heart of it, should be that our questions, and God loves our questions, but our questions should be, okay, Lord, how can I obey you? And how can I be more likely, like you? Because that's bringing us on the path of righteousness. If we're just looking for the loophole and that our life is continuing, I do that sometimes. I, you know, I do. I have a story I'd love to tell you, but I'm, i got to move on. Um, it's another story about me having to repent uh, while we're on our Disney trip. I was trying to uh, Annie Hawkins is too short for some of the lines, and we try to. Uh, anyway, it's it's silly, it's silly. Um, but uh, uh, nevertheless, if we if we find ourselves all and listen, I'm entrepreneurial, I'm creative, I'm always trying to see the other angle. But there is a problem when we're only trying to figure out how to get out of something with the Lord. That that takes us off the simplicity. See, that's what the de- the devil was kind of going down that path. Did God really say? You know, he's really not looking out for you. But Paul says, listen, um, I don't want you to be led astray from the simplicity and the purity of devotion. So most of our life's problems and the complexity of our issues can be solved by something very, very simple. And it's a simple devotion. It's the first command. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Just, if we, you guys... You don't have to know like demonology. You don't have to know what the principality is that's covering our area. All this kind of stuff that some people go very deep into. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to diss all that, but I am trying to say the only thing that you really need to know is am I loving God and am I loving my neighbor? Things can be complicated. I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying there's room, but I'm saying when things get all swirly, just come back to simplicity. Oh Lord, I want to obey you. I want to trust you. I want to love other people like that. Amen. It just has a way of decluttering all the things that clutter us. It helps lift us out of the haze. The next one, a source is the fear of man. And here's what the Bible says. The fear of man becomes a snare. But whosoever trusts in the Lord will be set on high. I think this is so cool for this talk because the fear of the Lord, y'all know what a snare is? People... What they would do is a trap. A snare is like a hoop. It's like a circle with a loop in it. You step in it, or a deer, say it's going through a trail, and the snare gets around its neck. And what happens when it pulls tighter? The snare gets, eh, till it chokes until it dies, basically. Anyway, the fear of man gets tighter and tighter around your neck the more, you, the, the more you're reacting from it. But whosoever trusts in the Lord will be set on high. And this is what I love. Read it like this. The fear, the fear of people becomes a snare of confusion in our lives. But whoever, this is my version, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be set on high. We get, we get our head above the water of that confusion, above the head, uh, you get it, above the fog. So, um, <clears throat> and so what's the antidote for fear? Well, it's love. And we kind of already prayed about that, talked about that, the love of God. And I think there's a place for the fear of the Lord too, what I was talking about earlier. But ultimately, love cast out fear. When I started receiving God's love into my heart. 
this whole father heart message that we teach a lot in here, when I started receiving God's love, I started being less afraid of people and afraid of what, like it cleared up. I wasn't trying to do that. I was not trying to be less afraid of people and less insecure. That was not my goal was to be less insecure. But when I received God's love and started to understand that he liked me, he loved me, I wasn't as worried. It just, it just happened. Amen. Now it's not like I'm still in process and so, so are we all. But when we receive God's love, we're much less threatened by other people and what they think. Amen. Last one is worry. Oh, there's no love and fear. Um, the last one, a source is worry. And I think we went there already. Um, <clears throat> just want to give you a verse though that you can use. Um, trust is the, the solution, right? And here's, here's a verse. I called on the Lord in my distress in my confusion, in my anxiety, in the whirlwind of my life. I called upon the Lord and he answered me and he set me in a large place. Again, I'm just thinking, oh, mountaintop, I'm up. My head is above the, the cloud of dust, the confusion. And I just believe this for you guys, that as you trust the Lord. So what if somebody just, just completely uh, did something to you they shouldn't have done? And left you just in a in a in in a in a puddle of mess. This is a promise for you. That in your distress, if you will just trust the Lord, that He will lift you in a high place, in a large place, in a spacious place. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. I'm done. How was that? That's a pretty fast sermon, huh? I wanted you guys to have a little context for what we were praying through, though. It's basically what we were doing. This is so, so you're aware of what we were doing. We were renouncing and distancing ourselves from those sources, saying, no, I don't want to open myself up to those things. And we repent of them and renounce them. So easy. You guys, it's not complicated. It, God is so good. The devil's convoluted. Everything's all weird. God's so simple. Now, God, here's the thing. God is so smart that things seem simple. You know, there's, I actually read an article about this before um, at some point that there is a read something. You know, there's complexity, but the smarter you get, the more you're able to communicate things in simpler terms. And God is the most complex person in the whole universe, but he's given us some simple answers. Hey, Jesus, can you sum up all the commands? Yeah, I love God. And the second one's similar to that, love people. Amen? This is going to take care of much of the job. For more information about The Oaks, visit theoaks.org. Thanks for listening.